Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas? Welcome to episode 51. This episode, we're going to be talking all about what it was like to work the sugar beet harvest in North Dakota. We're going to talk about realities. We've already had a podcast that talked about expectations, I guess. Yeah. Had one in between where I wasn't even here. Before we get started, are you following us on Facebook and Instagram at The Fayolas? If you want the show notes for this episode, you can find them at thefayolas.com slash 51. 51. Yeah. <laughs> 51. So we're back together. Yay! Wait, hold on. Which one's the clapping one? The, the white. White. The white. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. Ah, daddy's home! It is or good to be back. No, that's not. Huh? Nope, that's not it. Do we not have Green. that womp, womp, womp? Green. Yeah. <laughs> the adult is back in town. <laughs> the adult is back in the house. He doesn't let us eat frosting out of the can. For breakfast. <laughs> For breakfast. Okay. Let's not tell the world that I did that. We did that. So it is good to be back home. Um, I ate sandwiches for probably more days straight in a row than I'd ever did in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you had other options. You just I did. Didn't do it. I did. Yeah. Did you, you even eat, eat any of that soup? soup? Yeah. Yeah, I ate some soups. Which ones? Not all of them, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. Right. In the pre-beat harvest episode, we talked about orientation and a training day and my shift. I was on day shift. As a skid steer operator. So I got a text um, a few days before we were before the harvest starts. So this harvest starts on October 1st every year. Um, but we actually scheduled a soft start day. And that was the day before. So all the crews would get together. We actually got there early, like 7 a.m. They went over. We got all of our safety gear in For line. your site. For my site. Mm-hmm. Other sites could have started earlier. Or they, yep. they have different schedules. So what we're talking about today is... What happened at Tony's? Yep, at the Grafton site. So everybody got together. We got all of our safety gear, which was like a high-vis vest, a hard hat, safety glasses, and gloves. Those are all requirements. And then whatever else is up to you. Like, you know, you have to have boots and stuff. But we did that. We all got assigned a, a piler. We all went out. Everybody has their job title already. So we go out and we basically start practicing. There's some some growers that start bringing in beets. And it's not like a full-fledged day at work where it's just like a line of trucks coming to dump their beets out. So every so often there'd be a truck coming in. We'd go through the process where, you know, the ground ground helper, sampler taker would do their part. Skid steer guy, I would do mine. Tyler operator. Did the foreman, like, go to each of you and help you do each thing or? Um, A little bit, but it was more more or less like people on the ground, like, so a lot of them had already done it before. Okay. So, but if you have questions, you can ask pretty much anybody there. So, but it was pretty good. Um, I think we worked, uh, did we work a full day that day? I don't remember. I think we actually ended up, um, 
closing at about 2. We ended the day at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Part of that was because it was starting to get warm out, and they really can't pile the beets above a certain temperature. So so what are the stats? Your final rundown schedule, like what you guys did. So this day, this harvest, uh, we did the soft start this day. This is at the Grafton. At yep. Grafton site. We did the soft start day, which I think we got over at 2. So we'll call that a half a day. Then that was a Friday. Then Saturday and Sunday were both shut down early, about half days for heat. After that weekend. You got a few days off. We got <laughs> two days in a row, Monday and Tuesday, stay pay. So we didn't have to go to work. We called in. They said, actually, I think I got a text as well from the mm-hmm. foreman. He said, don't worry about coming into work for the next two days because the temperatures at night is not going to get cool enough to even worry about it. So we didn't have to go in in the morning. Um, had both days off, got paid for it. We got paid four hours of state pay for those two days each. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Monday and Tuesday, heat shut down, stay pay air days. The temperature dropped, and we worked 11 days straight, 12-hour shifts. And that was interesting. <laughs> so talking about 12-hour days, not a big deal. I did that many, many times when I was working. The first five days, I think, that I worked 12-hour shifts, I was good to go. I could probably work a couple extra hours every day. But after that five day, we'll call it the hump. <laughs> it um, That sixth shift was about where it started going downhill. And not but, really. I mean, you still came home fine every day. I was, I was definitely more tired. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't really. I didn't. Wait, was, the, was this the day when you come back in the middle of the night? No. I think what happened, though, just backing up here, I know you're going to tell us how you feel, of course, but um, I think working any amount of hours straight without a day off is hard. Even if you were working six-hour shifts or eight-hour shifts or four without hour a day shifts. off, I think five days is a work week. So when you start getting to five, six days, you're like, okay, where's my day yeah. off? <laughs> TGIF. That's yeah. where that came from. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's about, I mean, it wasn't like unbearable. And no, no way, because you like that. By no means. But 12-hour shifts, I think, are a little different animal. But, yeah, I was starting to get a little more tired at the end of the day. Not that I was, like, exhausted or anything like that. But it wears on you a little bit. You know, yeah. I wasn't, like, uh, Katniss at the Hunger Games. I wasn't <laughs> screaming to volunteer <laughs> any of those <laughs> days afterwards, except for one day. So I did the 11 days straight, 12-hour shifts. Um, at the end of that 11th day we were getting into like a really cold snap and uh it started getting late like towards the end of my shift right about probably eight o'clock in the uh at night it started getting close to freezing so the night crew was actually short a few people so they had the and when the temperature gets that low they have to test the beats for frost so that's what i volunteered to do i actually got an extra four hours on a sunday which so just to clarify, beautiful. this is the 11th day of yep. working 12-hour shifts, and you volunteered for an extra four. It was so a Sunday, <laughs> but which still. is a little extra motivation because it's double time. But still, my point is that it wasn't like killing you. You were just, okay, ready for my day off. Pretty much. So pretty much this this thing, you know, like if you have to work 11 straight days, 12 days, it's just tiring because you yep. are working every day without a day off. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't beat. I wasn't like run down run into the ground or anything i was just tired yeah i was i was just really i was you know you start to look for that light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> that's funny i wasn't beat i wasn't <laughs> beat. 
So yeah, uh, I worked that extra four hours in what they call the chop house where uh, we get a machete. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> only part of motivation too. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so it's like this elevated uh, little booth that kind of looks like a hunting blind, elevated hunting blind. Um, and the, as the trucks pull up before they get weighed, so I would grab, uh, you test three beats out of each truck. So as they pull up, you can grab one. Basically, you chop the, I would chop half of the top off to look for frost. Because a frost damage beat is no good, apparently. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Uh, me and another guy, the other skid steer driver from the day shift, we switched on and off every, I think, 30 minutes. Because it started getting cold and there's no heater or anything up there. So you just have to dress appropriately. Had my little uh, hand warmer deals. Shake them up and they stay hot. Oh, actually, do we have any of those last? I have a, I have a bunch. <laughs> and I'll talk about that later. Um, so we did that. We switched on and off every half hour for that four hours. We left at 1130. Um, and then, because of that really cold snap, that night it frosted. So the night shift got shut down early. And then the next... Uh, Four days. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday. You got stay pay every day. So you didn't go to work and you got four hours pay. Um, So, yep, we got the four days of stay pay for the freeze. Um, That Thursday, that fourth day, the temperature actually got warm enough where we could work. But I think what they have to do is they kind of have to let the beets in the ground thaw out. Mm -hmm. The ones they're picking? Yep. So that was... We got a text um, early Thursday that we were going to start our shift again in the morning on Friday. Then that afternoon, we got a, a another text from a new foreman that took over the day shift, and he said that um, all the growers are done in our area, so all we're going to do is spend the next few days cleaning. And the reason why he took over is just because that other guy was done. He had to go back to work. Yep. He, he it lives, wasn't like he was fired or no, anything. No, <laughs> he lives in the area and he takes, um, basically, like, takes October off or whatever mm-hmm. um, for the harvest. He His job called him back, so he had to go. But he, I'm sure he kind of knew that the harvest was winding over, down yeah. anyway. And it worked it, out because they, the morning or the day was cold enough, so, and the night, more people have left, so yep. you were able to combine into one shift. and yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we spent um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday cleaning all the equipment. And cleaning the piler, uh, it takes a lot of work, a lot of little handwork. I actually probably worked harder those three days, yeah, like you, physically harder. You said you were sore. Than uh, the whole other time. Other than, you know, all your steps. I, I got, you know, fifteen to 20,000 steps every single day that I worked. How is that possible? And you were in a skid start. Well, probably from the vibration, but I also walked a lot. <laughs> I did walk a lot. I'm like, how is that even possible? I saw, I drove I think, by you multiple times and you were in that skid start driving around. <laughs> I think I may have cheated a little bit. <laughs> there was one time. <laughs> so let's just talk about your skid start a little bit. If you get the opportunity to be a skid start driver, Tony had a nice heated cab i will tell you yeah um he said there was one time that that he was like running back to the skidster and somebody asked you or something what you were doing and because you're running and you're like oh yeah i forgot my door or something (laughs) yeah it was uh it was on one of the little colder days i had to run back to my skidster to shut the door and they asked me why and i said because i didn't want to let all the heat out 
Because <laughs> the skid steer has a very strong heater. It has air conditioning, which I actually had to use a couple times. And it has a heated seat. <laughs> nice. Which came in handy. All right, cool. Anything else about stats? Or so you got the, the last three days you worked were Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yep. You ended with a double pay? Yep. All day, right? You worked yep. 12 hours that day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Full shifts. Yep. And they're really good about that, you know, giving you the um, the full premium pay days, um, doing the cleaning. They want the equipment cleaned really well. We probably went overboard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, but just to, just to say something here too, um, they don't, you don't have to stay in clean. At right. least this year you didn't because Friday or Thursday or what Wednesday or something, you guys were able to leave. What day were you able to leave? Um, we actually had a couple of our Monday. ground day crew leave, um, yeah, the Monday that it, of the first stay pay. So they didn't get any stay pay. Yeah. So they actually, they left Sunday, Sunday night, right? That was his last day. Yeah. So, so Sunday night, we had, he said it was okay to leave. Yep. Anytime yep. after Sunday, you would get your bonus is what was said. Yeah. So the, once, once it's like really winding down and there's only a few farmers or growers, whatever they call them, left, um, they start giving the option, you know, any, anybody who wants to voluntarily go, you can leave and still qualify for your completion bonus. And we did have a couple of people take that from my site. But I I knew the stay pay was coming, so we decided we were just going to hang out. Like, we really I know, why planned <laughs> on staying until October 31st. Mm-hmm. And this was, what, the, the week of the 16th still, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too, and it wasn't too bad. I mean, it, what was really cool is you were able to stay home for four days, get stay pay, and we were able to get some stuff done around Got the house. laundry done, because, yeah. you know, when you work a 12-hour shift, actually, I think I did in the middle of that. I had to do laundry one night right after work. And, was, just so you guys don't think I <laughs> was rude and didn't do that, you have to drive that. I don't have yeah. a vehicle. Yeah, so. I took our only vehicle, so... <laughs> And there was there was actually a couple of people um, from maybe night shift that actually left during the stay pay days, and they if all they had to do was show up to the next oh yeah work day and stay for a few hours and they would have got all that stay pay, but instead they left. Actually, one guy hung out at the campground for like four days. Yeah, he just he didn't was just go there. To work. He just didn't go to work. He could have got paid for it. Yeah, but whatever. Well, you know. so actually, what I was gonna say and I forgot. Um, so even though the cleaning part was some of the hardest stuff you did, you don't necessarily have to stay for that. So nope. if you want to just do the job and then leave before cleaning, I yep. think that's probably doable. Yep. Um, pretty much all of my my um, day crew from both pilers, I mean, almost everybody stayed because why not stay and clean on, on a, a weekend, <laughs> premium pay weekend, and get yeah. all your shifts. And they, we scheduled breaks. We had potluck dinner, lunch. Uh, every single day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which was great. Everybody brought something to pass around. And you, you get to take like a good you know, extended break every so often mm -hmm. and eat and hang out and BS and get paid for it. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about my job as a skid steer operator. So primary job is to um, lay down the tubes for the cooling fans as the beat pile gets closer. So basically you start at one end and the piler moves backwards as it's dumping the or piling the beats onto it, onto the main pile. And as it creeps forward, 
you got to lay these tubes down, and there's about 11 tubes total, five on one side, six on the other. So you got to build your a, pile for mine. Mm-hmm. So you got to build these tubes out, and they don't meet in the middle, but there's about one, maybe 12 feet in between them. So they don't connect. I um, mean, what the purpose of that is in the winter, they turn these fans on and it freezes like a deep freeze for these beets so they can use them throughout the winter and spring. Okay, so let's back up. Each piler has one skid steer op. Yep. Operator. Yep. At the Grafton site, there was two pilers, two skid steer operators. Yep. Um, some sites... <laughs> don't have, have tubes. Yeah, don't have tubes. And some sites have more than one pile or maybe two piles or three piles or whatever. So each one of those would have skid steer operators, even the ones without tubes? I don't know. Oh, okay. I so know St. Thomas has four pilers, but I don't necessarily think they have four skid steers there. Because some may not have Because some tubes. are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So only the only the sites with a deep freeze fan like setup will have skid steers. That's and, really the only way to move those around. And so just to, so the fans right now are blowing in, freezing yep. them. Yep. But then they're going to go ahead and put on a big like tarp. Yep. They cover the pile. On all the beets. And then they reverse those fans and it kind of like vacuum seals. Yep. The beets. Yep. And that helps them stay frozen throughout the next six months. Yeah. So what, or so. what the um, crystal sugar will do is they will go to all of the sites that have non-tubed <laughs> beet piles <laughs> and use those first. Yep. And then once those are all done, then they start taking from these other piles. Yep. Okay, cool. Go on with what you're... <laughs> I just want to make sure that's... <laughs> so, yeah, I would lay down these tubes and um, you can't really do... You can't really work too far ahead because the whole time you have truck traffic. You have these big, basically, semi-trucks and dump trucks that have to pull into the piler, dump... When they're done, they get their dirt back from their beets. Then they have to turn around. So typically they'll back up a few feet and then they'll make a swing out, you know, right or left, depending on what side they're on. So you can't have a bunch of tubes laid out and block their exit. So it's kind of, it, timing is important, although it's not like, you're not like racing to do it all the time, which I really enjoyed that. Um, never really had any trouble. Sometimes you get a tube or something that's a little damaged and it won't, it won't stand up because there is a certain way it has to be, like, orientated. And the way that you put it on is important. But it's pretty easy. And an interesting fact here, <laughs> why they're damaged is I saw a video. It's really cool. I may link this in the show notes if I remember. But um, during the winter when they come and get beat, so this is after they've already done the beet piles that are not deep frozen mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, um, they have to get beets from these other piles, like Tony's pile. Um, and they come in with this, like, claw. It's like a huge excavator with a claw. Yeah, and it, like, scrapes at the beets, yep. and then they just kind of fall down. But as there's, I mean, the scraper is just, like, like going to town. It goes through it, it like butter. I mean, and it probably just messes up the tubes. Well, there was, there was multiple tubes with enough damage to them, like, these things, I tried to move one by hand a few times, and they probably weigh two to 300 pounds. Like, I just tried to adjust it a little bit by hand because I was just standing by it and it was a little crooked. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, like, move this. No, not a chance. <laughs> Did but you look around to things, see if anyone well, looked at you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but some of them were, like, the metal was ripped, 
Yeah, I would see thinking, that would happen from the clock. I'm thinking, like, there's no way a skid steer driver, you have to be a pretty awful skid steer driver to do that. <laughs> but I don't even think it's possible because those things are such heavy gauge metal that you don't just rip it with, like, a little tool or a bucket. So, Yeah, after watching that video, I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> it was really cool to watch, though. So maybe I'll try to find that video and put it in our show notes. Yep. So uh, after I get my tube set, you know, I would sometimes I would start out a couple on each side, and then as the pile gets closer and the piler moves back, the trucks still have room. I can build it out further and complete it. Then I got to put on a bigger, like, scoop bucket. I go into the middle of the pile, fill it up with, you know, scoop a big thing of beets, and then backfill all along the tubes because as the, as the pile comes and the beets cascade, because these piles are 30 feet tall this year. We did them 30 feet tall, which I think is a little higher than normal. Um, sometimes as they pile up on the top from the piler, the beets will cascade down like in a big wave. And when it does that, if it's not backfilled, those tubes, it'll like knock them out of place. They call it a blowout, which is not good because then the pile doesn't freeze properly. I did have one blowout. It was at an end of a tube, but it only turned a little bit. And that's because we had a big, huge, I didn't backfill the very end of it yeah. yet. They cascaded down and hit the end of the tube, and it only moved it out of place about two feet, so it wasn't a big deal. So you were able to fix it. Yeah, but when it when that happens, you got to tell your foreman, and he goes and he assesses it, and he says it's either okay. If it's not okay, you have to dig it out and fix it, which mm -hmm. mine was fine. So, did the did the beats ever cascade onto people? They could if you're not <laughs> if you're not fast, like if you were just standing there. Like sometimes they'll cascade down, and they'll fill in like a three foot section. Yikes. Three feet deep. There's a lot Death of beats. It's beats. like a, yeah, it's like a semi trucks where the beats that fall down. What else did so, you do? Um, after you backfill, you can go the whole time. They're they're um, dumping trucks and stuff, and the the ground people are taking these shovels and little scoopers, and they're piling up dirt out of the way, out like the walkway and stuff. And as it moves, as the piler moves back, it leaves these big piles of like dirt and small beats. So you got to go and scoop it up and put it in like a compost pile. So I do that every probably half hour or so. Sometimes the trucks would either over dump when they're dumping their beets into the um, piler. So you got to clean up all those spilled beets. Sometimes they would miss their stop when they're getting their dirt back and the dirt would spill everywhere. So you got to go clean that up. And then um, another main job, you got to um, take the, where the sample takers put the samples in big bags. They usually weigh about 25 pounds. I collect those, they load them in my bucket, and I take them to the bin where the um, sample truck comes and takes them all. So what are the samples? Did we say that in the last episode? Or? Yeah. Yep, they're just beets. Like the little arm comes down in while the um, conveyor belts are going. Mm -hmm. It scoops some beets up, usually like six or seven beets, drops them into a chute that go into a bag, and then they just seal the bag up and put it in a pile. And it's to test sugar content yep. because they get paid yep. on how strong the sugar cut that is. Yep. Yeah, okay. and they're tagged with a barcode and so they know who's whose samples are whose. So yours is what, your favorite position you think? When you go back, do you think you'll want the same position? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because a couple of days, maybe two or three days, we had like forty mile an hour winds. <laughs> and you rolled up the window. I rolled up my windows, <laughs> turned my heater on. And uh, 
didn't help that day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't cover the ground crew as often as I normally would. One thing that I, what, what I could do, I could work far enough ahead to where um, we had enough crew at my piler that I could cover their breaks. So I'd go, and not every break's the same. Sometimes we take 15, sometimes we take 20, sometimes we take 30. It's really kind of we work it out amongst ourselves. So I'd go and I'd cover the ground crew breaks or lunch. Then I'd go up into the piler and I'd cover his a bathroom break or a you know a small break or lunch. So normally the skidster operator, it's they're not required to do all the covering. You just did. Um, I don't think it's like a set in stone requirement. I think it is somewhat expected that you'll help, help out, out on the ground because yeah. there's not um, at my piler anyways on the other piler. It's a little different because their tubes are actually closer together. Mm-hmm. So he's busier putting tubes down more often. So it's not required, but you kind of look like a jerk if you don't. If I'm just because sitting you're there. Just sitting yeah, there. <laughs> if I'm just going to, if I have time to just sit there and twiddle my thumbs for 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. I'll get, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to just sit there. I'm going to get out and you're I'm not that help. kind of person, no. anyways. Yeah. You're an overachiever, anyway. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the next job, pile operator and boom operator. Yep, the piler operator. He's the one who operates the big beat piler. Mm -hmm. Um, The trucks pull in. They dump their beats out. You run the right side or left side, call it the end dump. It has a conveyor belt that feeds the main conveyor. And that goes into what they call the screen, which actually the beats fall over it and uh, knocks most of the dirt off of it. And then it goes up to the boom conveyor which then piles it into the pile. That's fine. And the boom operator just controls where the boom is on the pile. Yep. He can control the left and right swing of the boom. And he backs up, typically would back up the um, piler as the boom gets, you know, as they pile up the boom, the end of the boom will get close to the pile. One thing you don't want to do is get the beats piled up so high that it touches the conveyor belt and it'll actually stop that. It'll, It'll actually shut the whole machine down. So then you have to back it up. And it's hard to start up with a bunch of beats on it because of the weight. So then there's a procedure that you have to do to clear all those off. So this is um, for your site mostly because some other sites don't have a boom operator. They do it all at the pile. Yep. The piler does it all. Yep. And ours ours had a remote so we could walk um, close to the pile and watch it. Some of them don't. Mm -hmm. You have to actually stand at the piler, which you – you have a little different angle, and it's not as good, I don't think. Yeah. And some people do it right from the cab, so. But that's another position that, does the boom operator get 19 as well? I don't think so. I think it's considered ground. Oh, okay. So the piler and the skidster operator get 19. 19.67 per hour. I think that was the year. first time um, that both the skid steer and the piler made the same. I think it, before it was just the piler got the higher pay oh okay the piler operator um it's it can be a stressful job you get busy at first i I, like i did it a handful of times i wanted to learn every position and i'm glad i did because of course you did well no it's (laughs) it's nice to change it up a little bit anyways but plus i just like machines i like pushing buttons and levers and stuff i like pushing buttons too (laughs) me too so yeah and then you get it in a good rhythm and you can do even more while you're up there and the other thing, too, is some people like to be um, 
not noticed and they can just sit over in the thing and do nothing. Yep. But some people like to do work. It keeps them busy and keeps their day going by. I'm with you. I actually like to be busy. Um, when I actually went and worked somewhere and <laughs> not at home, um, my favorite days were our days that we had people out the door. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it was time to go home. Yeah, exactly. You look down at your watch and like four hours has gone by and it felt like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my favorite weeks even now are not the weeks that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> I like the days that are like, I close up my day and I'm looking at tomorrow and it's like, oh, today's Friday. There is no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's harder for me. Like, you know, plus then you're more apt to like, I don't know, Get. cause trouble or yeah. something like, you know, when you're bored and I want to go maybe fix the driveway with the skid steer or something, you're just, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. So, yeah. yeah. So it's good to try the different positions so then you can yeah. keep yourself busy. And like I said, if, if a piler operator happens to quit towards the end of the season or something, if you're trained in that or if you're experienced, you can bump up into that position and get a raise, yeah. you know, and finish out the season. So. If you're not the skidster, because you already yeah. have, yeah, 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 you wouldn't get a raise. You mean if you're ground crew? Yep, if I you're think. ground crew. Okay, so just briefly tell us a little bit about ground crew, because we did talk about all these positions yep. in our first podcast, um, which we will link in our show notes. Your, so, yeah, your main job as a ground crew is to take samples from uh, whatever growers, they have a sample ticket, you take that from the driver, and when they're offloading their beets, you can take a sample. You clean around the piler in between trucks, and you direct truck traffic. So I'd say really the the job itself is very simple. It's not real hard work. I'd say it's it's a little bit more tiring because you are on your feet for the full 12 hours pretty much. All right. So that is the positions. And just to clear up really quick, uh, ground crew got how much? Eighteen twenty-five per okay. hour. Okay, so ground crew got eighteen twenty-five per hour, and the piler and skidster operators was nineteen sixty-seven. Seven. Okay. All right. What's a typical day? So we'd show up about seven thirty. You can you're you really should show up. Uh, I think they they require you to show up thirty minutes before your shift starts. So we were 8 to 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I'd show up at 7.30. You're actually allowed to punch in, I think, at 7.23 is the earliest you can actually punch in. So uh, we would do that. We'd go into the um, scale house, which is kind of like their office as well. We all the, you know, the crews would kind of BS and chit-chat, start the day. You get your lock for your lockout. You carry that with you all the time. Um maybe talk about a game plan or whatever. But these sites, when the, when it's full swing, uh, beet harvest season, they run 24-7. So there's really like no, they shut down for the next crew to come in. It's just you go and you take over for the next crew. So the guy so, gets out of the skidster and you get in? Pretty much. <laughs> a lot of times he would meet, you know, I'd, I'd get there at 7.30 and about 7.45 he'd be. At your Jeep? wheeling back and sometimes he'd be pulling up to the gas pump and he'd pump or I'd pump whatever. And we'd talk, you know, cause just talk about the night and what he got done and, or, or what he didn't get done because they were so slow or whatever. After that, you pretty much just go straight to work. You know, okay. everybody goes down, cut, takes over for the, um, 
in our case, we would take over for the night crew, and it's just like seamless. You know, there was no shutdown. As far as breaks go, uh, we kind of had our own break system. American Crystal Sugar technically has a break schedule of like a 15-minute break, a 30-minute lunch, and then a 15-minute break during your 12-hour shift. Now, when you're fully staffed, or if you have enough people between crews that you can um, borrow people or whatever to cover shifts, we pretty much had like a, I don't know, every hour and a half to two hours, we would be rotating breaks. And it, it might even be like, when I took my break, I'd pretty much just shoot down like by the Jeep. I'd, you know, take a bathroom break, maybe grab a snack, or if, it, if I was hungry enough, it was a few hours into my shift, I'd eat a sandwich. Um... Really didn't go into the office much during those times. And then I would just go back and then I would cover because I really wasn't needing a break that yeah. bad. So I would make mine quick, maybe five to 10 minutes, and then go let the other people take whatever they needed, 10 or 15 or whatever. Um, but we had a good schedule. Now, if people start getting out of sync, like if one person, if we say, okay, take your 15 minute break and then you go and take a 30 minute break, then the next person goes and takes a yeah. 35 minute break. If we get way out of whack, the foreman can say, okay, let's just, we're going to cut that out for a bit. We're just going to go 15, 30, 15 for yeah. a while. And if you run out of people, which probably did happen towards the end because you were losing people. Yeah. I know at other sites and stuff and e even night crew, um, they were having trouble with break, you know, regular breaks like that. But that makes it nice if you have a lot of people, if you have a fully staffed piler, way more efficient. Um, Weather-wise, we had, I had every <laughs> type of weather you could get. It didn't rain too much. It, it, on several days, probably three or four different days, we had about a half hour of rain. Really? Yeah. I don't One day raining. it rained pretty hard. Like everybody got the raincoats out and was because they supply all the rain gear, pants and oh, that's neat. raincoats. Yeah, look like a crab fisherman. <laughs> that's neat though. Uh, but it didn't rain too much. I mean, I was th three minutes from you, and I don't remember there being any rainstorms. Well, I was in it. <laughs> but I mean, hey. I'm in it too. I'm in like a tin can. It's when not I, like listen, I can't hear it. When I have to turn on the wiper in my skid steer, it's raining. It's funny. In our last podcast, I actually am talking about rain. <laughs> so anyone who's like listening to him, it's like, you just said it rained. <laughs> it was probably maybe three or four times. It wasn't like a day-long rain. It was like spurts. Yeah, and it was short, like 30 minutes, like you said. There but was a couple times it did rain heavy. Like it piled on the ground? Like for 15 minutes. But you got to remember, we're working on <laughs> muddy cement and mud. True. And then snow, you only had flurries. We had flurries on several <laughs> occasions. <laughs> but you did have wind, lots of wind. Yeah. It was I'd say dusty. that's the, probably the biggest factor as far as wind go or uh, weather goes at the harvest is the wind. North Dakota is like relentless wind. It got cold a few days, like cold enough, cold enough to be cold yeah. to where you need layers, but not cold enough to where they would shut down. So. That's actually interesting to me because there was a few days that you worked that I thought were too warm. Like yeah. I was, I had, I was thinking about turning the air on a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he working right now? I don't understand this. But you worked like full days. Yep. And then there were days that were too cold that I thought you'd be getting out and you didn't. Yep. So it's definitely an interesting. Um, but you know, that's, they determine all that stuff for the most part before the beats even get to the site. 
Yeah. Um, they do test them. Once the weather hits a certain point, either low or high, we will start testing temperature at the site. All right, let's jump into clothing. So we talked about clothing before of what we were told. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I remember is I thought you were supposed to get a beanie and then come to find out you weren't supposed to have a beanie. And then, you know, so there's changes. So what did you like? What didn't you like? What do you recommend? Well, I will say your clothing will make or break your whole experience at the harvest. Um, I pretty much had, I was prepared with pretty much everything as far as layers go, you know, underlayer. Regular layer, warmer outer, and then like an extreme outer layer, bibs and a heavy coat. Um, the bibs and heavy coat, I never even wore. It never got cold enough or windy or wet enough to even put them on. What about now, really quick, what if you were a ground crew? Yeah, maybe, I mean, there's yeah. some really cold days. It's, it's really, <laughs> it comes down to wind. If you get something windproof, you may not necessarily need the... Um, the extra. The extra stuff. So my most important things were um, like my regular layer of clothes. I, I have these like, I don't know, they're Wrangler outdoor, kind of like these, um, I don't know, outdoor pants. Yeah, I don't know but they, they black wind. But they're very windproof. I was surprised. So I, really only on about two occasions did I wear my thermal underlayer because um, otherwise I was too hot. Now, if I was ground crew, different story. I'd probably have them on all the time just because. And what it's, about Piler? Um, not necessarily because you're in a cab for the most, okay. most pilers are all enclosed now. Like if you're on a super piler, they have a cab with the door and stuff. Good gloves, maybe even a couple, you could layer gloves. They give you like gloves a, too. They do give you gloves. I had a warm pair and like a thin pair. Mm-hmm. I wore both throughout the different They gave days. you a warm and thin? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was able to wear a beanie at some point. I did have like a balaclava, like a little, uh, Is that head. how you say it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think in the first podcast, I called it a baklava, <laughs> which I think is like a dessert. <laughs> so I wore a dessert so on my head. But so, yeah, that's that why one, I said, is that what it's called? Because you called it different in the last one. Yeah, it's, but um, if you get one of those, they're really handy because they can cover up your face. Um, you found one. Somebody had Somebody was nice wearing one. one that was like a, it was almost like a three-in-one. You could cover your face and your head, or you could cover just your head, or you could cover just your face. Or, you know, like, are you going to get one of those for next time? Probably. Yeah. But that's important because it's windy. I got my first chap lips um, here in probably like 10 years. Yeah, you bought chapstick. I I was like, what are you putting on? (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen you. Just because it's so dang windy. And even me being outside maybe half the time as a ground person, uh, I got chap lips. So the wind will get you. So anything you can do to block the wind, they give you safety glasses. Or if you wear prescription glasses and you can't wear the safety glasses, they have like the side shields. They provide those so you can just keep your regular glasses. Okay. So the way you explain it to me sounds like easy. Like I might sign up next year. <laughs> you should. So tell me why so many people left. Um, I don't know. It's just not for some people. So here's some advice. If you're going to come to the beet harvest, if you've lived in San Diego your whole life, and never experienced Stop, any type of <laughs> winter. Stop. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. <laughs> it's prob- You're probably not going to make it. Unless you have grit. You need grit to do it. <laughs> Just a little I mean, bit it's, of grit. It's, it's not like <laughs> Navy SEAL, like, hell week or anything. <laughs> you know, you don't, not that much grit. You just need to be able to say whatever. It's only, you know, I was done in, we started October 1st. I was done on the 23rd. Yeah. 23rd. 23rd. 
And I didn't even work every single day. You know, no, I, eight of those days you didn't. Six. Oh yeah, six. And I had a couple few half days. So mm-hmm. it's just you guys gotta you know be, deter- be determined and just stay. And here's the thing: if you're not one of those people, <laughs> don't even come and waste. Yeah. The time because it puts everybody in a situation when yeah. you leave or, you know, and you, you ruin the whole crew. So like they ask you right up front when you're applying and you have your conference call with Ruthann, she says, you know, if you, you want day shift, that's great, but it's not guaranteed. If you come here and you get night shift, are you going to stay? People will say yes. And then they come and then it gets cold at night and then they're like, <laughs> screw this. This is too cold for me. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So, and it's silly because it's. Not bad work for good money. And, um, well, there's not a position there that's backbreaking work. Yeah. It's all, we'll say, relatively easy work. It's a lot of busy work. You're busy most always, which is good. There is a little bit of lifting, then you're nothing not bored. crazy. You're on your feet all day, your whole shift, unless you're skid steer. Then you have a, you know. So if I go next year, my I will get my parents to come watch the kids. I'll go. Are you going to give me your skidster? No. You can apply <laughs> for it if somebody else doesn't come. Or maybe I can apply and beat you. I don't think you will. I'm <laughs> Just kidding. Just to make sure everyone knows I will not be <laughs> doing the beat <laughs> harvest next year. I have kids I have to keep alive. Yeah. So, yeah, even if I was ground crew, it never got bad enough to where – I would have just like thrown in the towel and been done with it mm-hmm. before it was before it was my time to go. Don't go there like well, here's what here's another thing. This year uh weather-wise, I think I was kind of spoiled cuz there was, you know, people that had been there for years and years that say, you know, there's been times where it rained a ton and mm-hmm. then it's just mud galore. So that can make it a little bit more difficult. It's all in mindset, though. Yeah. Right? Because like Tony said, if there's nothing that's backbreaking. It may be muddy, but think of it as like if it's all in your, like it's all a mindset. Yep. If you go to work and you're like, I'm going to get muddy today and it's going to be a good day yeah. and I'm going to make 500 bucks yep. <laughs> or whatever it is that you make that day. Yep. Then you go to work, you get muddy, You it's all expecting. It's all, You're setting yourself up um, for what you're going to get and you're not surprised and- I mean, it's rare that anybody anywhere goes to work like, yes, I'm going to work for 12 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just it's you just have to know what to expect. But you should Plan know that, right? It. When you sign up. Yeah, yeah You yeah. should know you're going to, I mean, it is, you're going to have a 12-hour day. And it's You're going to probably have lots of 12-hour days. <laughs> it's winter in North Dakota, which if you've ever seen a Star Wars movie, it's like Hoth, <laughs> the ice planet. There's always wind. There's sometimes snow, mm-hmm. sometimes rain, cold. And Whatever. if it gets too rainy, they won't they won't keep it going, right? Or they right, will. exactly. And yeah. if it gets too bad, um, they can't operate. Like the farmers, if it gets too muddy, the the farmers can't get the beets out of the field because their equipment gets stuck or something. You know, mm-hmm. um, there has been times or years in the past where I right read at my site where they had to pull every truck out of the yard because they would get stuck in the mud. Not because it was like two feet deep. Yeah. Because it gets slippery enough that the trucks can't drive through it. So eventually the farmer is going to say, we're done today. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Come back tomorrow. And also snow. You know, there's been years where they shut down for snow for over a week. Yeah. But think of that, though. That's four hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) That's. And you get paid the whole time. So now my four days of stay pay in a row, by that fourth day, I was getting a little cabin fever. Like I was ready to like 
yeah. get back to because work. Because while you get to stay home and get some stuff done around the house, there's literally nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> in Grafton, North Dakota. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like you're out exploring. Yeah. <laughs> We had no Jeep trails. We had nothing. <laughs> it's just flat. And but we had a lot to get done and get ready for um, leaving. So it was good. It was a good time. Yep. Okay. So let's say I do come. Why? What is the advantage of coming? Well, I made a lot of good friends. No. <laughs> Everyone doesn't care about that they're caring about you don't one have thing. you don't have to go there and make friends but it's hel- it helps if you do or how, what is the money sound Ching. yeah <laughs> i was trying to make so this. yeah just beating around the bush um i made pretty good money in a short amount of time just my two paychecks that i got was six thousand dollars i'm just throwing a number out there it might have been give or take a hundred or two dollars but i figure after they pay you your training pay because that comes after it doesn't go on your regular paychecks. Your training or orientation or both, I guess. And then your completion bonus, those all come from what I heard in December. Um, I'll have grossed over 7000 Which is great. In 23 days. <laughs> and it's not a lot of work. And we got to have time away. I got to cert- recertify my wife. Your motherhood. <laughs> my motherhood <laughs> duties. <laughs> Make sure I can still do all the things. You got to have time away from the family. And I will say, the dinners <laughs> that you had made and I came home and ate after work, they were awesome. So maybe you should cook The more. few dinners, is that what you were saying? <laughs> the few. Whatever. I fed my kids every day. You were gone, one way or another. There was only one or two that I I didn't realize we ran out of freezer <laughs> food that was thought out, so you had to bring home food. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we had pizza a couple nights. I think uh, two Saturday nights in a row we had pizza, which is fine. We like pizza. And there was a good pizza place in town. So so, so if yeah. you can come and you can stand on your feet for 12 hours or hang out for 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, even if it's you're gonna make terrible weather. Good money. Even if it's terrible weather during that harvest, if you can <laughs> stand being a little miserable because of the weather for three weeks, you'll make good money. And if you're from a cold state, it's not that big. Because I'm telling you, I was also in North Dakota. I wasn't sitting outside with like Tony was. But I did take the dogs out and walk around. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like unbearable. I mean, I've been in Michigan. It's not like sloshy, snowy, crappy stuff. Um, (laughs) So it's cold and bitter and the wind is cold. um, But it's not like you can make it work. Yeah, absolutely. So even I, so I follow some people on Instagram. They left before the cleaning days and stuff and before the stay pay days mm-hmm. and they still made pretty good money. They still, I think they put up that they made like 5,500 or something mm-hmm. or f- close, you know, so that's still like, you didn't have to do any of the cleaning. I mean, the cleaning days really helped you because you worked three, 12 hour, yeah. two premium days. Yep. And then you got those four stay pay days, which was nice. Yep. And then your bonus is based on all of that. It's based on your gross earnings. Mm-hmm. That should be, for me, it should be close to a thousand bucks. We also got a couple um, cups. Yeah, they give us I some love Arctic the cups. Uh, cups with American <laughs> crystal on it. Yep. I'm a big fan of them. I've already taken over both of them, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, everybody that I met, like, there's agriculturalists. Um, they're in charge of a couple sites. I met two of them, Dan and Thomas. They were super nice guys. They were like, we'll say, we'll call them my boss's boss. 
Um, so they're they're in charge of our sites. Our foremen are in charge of our crews. Everybody that I met is good. They were good. They were mm-hmm. hard workers. Everybody put in the work. You know, like you, there wasn't anybody just standing around, pointing fingers and stuff. Okay. So, so as a as a team, everybody worked oh. good, and you know I enjoyed it. And if you come back, you get to have the same crew. For the same most part, spot, yeah. same yeah. If they all come back, actually, yeah. Um, but you get to go back to the same spot. But two negatives. <laughs> Number one, it's during Lexi's birthday, so you literally yep. miss your kid's birthday and yours. Yeah, but Lexi's is the most important yep. because the whole reason why we did this lifestyle is so that we could spend more time with family and missing a birthday <laughs> you yeah. didn't even do when you worked. So, <laughs> um. So we'll have to figure that out next year. Um, I do think we should come back. I liked it. Here's um, another thing. If there's an important day that you need off, you can put in for it off. There's just some stipulations to it. You know, if it's You may a, use the premium pay. You may lose the premium pay on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So if I needed to take a day off for Lexi's birthday, I would. Even though, you know, we're in North Dakota. We're not anywhere like epic. <laughs> you know, we had a we had her sixth birthday at Smoke Great Smoky Mountain National Park, so which was awesome. Yeah, and we had like such a great day, and it was remember so memorable. We still are gonna do something fun for her to make up for it, but yeah. um, and we had a good birthday. Grandma and Grandpa were there, and yeah. we still had a lot of fun. Dad called it was in. decorated. <laughs> yeah, I called speaker uh, conference yeah. called in for the party. Yep. So that's the only bad thing, and the other second bad thing is next year you'll be night shift. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. But which I don't even know how we're gonna do that. Like, how are we gonna be quiet? Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do that. Yeah, I don't know either. Because we're loud. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get you one of those trailers? (laughs) Yeah, we'll pull it behind and no, one of the cabins or whatever. Oh, a cabin. (laughs) Speaking of, let's talk about the campground. For the campground, we have a campground review. One of our favorite things is moving to our new home and seeing our new backyard. It's super cool to get a new view all the time. Some are better than others, and we want to highlight the best. We're going to give you all the details of one special place to stay in the United States. Not only do you get all of the pay that you just mentioned, but mm-hmm. you also get a free stay for the entire time you're there and then 48 hours after yep. you're done. Yep. And I think we used all 48 hours. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, we were there for two days after. We yeah. were going to actually leave the next day, and I was just like, nah. Yeah, let's just get this. Let's take together. a day to, yeah, organize <laughs> everything, pack everything up, and then what do we leave? Like afternoon the next day, 1 o'clock or something, mm-hmm. or the, the second day. So we stayed at the Grafton State Campground or something? No, what it's, is it? it's, if you look on Google Maps, it'll actually say Grafton Campground. It's part of Lestakau Park. It's like a big, I don't know if it's the county park there. Okay. It's Grafton Parks and Recreation is what it's part of. And um, the campground is really nice. Yeah, it's very clean. Yeah. People were very nice, liked them. There was a huge um, Halloween thing that was going on there. Yeah, they had a like a fall festival. Bouncy house. Yeah. Bouncy house. Yeah. And uh, those um, things that you guys wrote on. Corn cannons. Well, they had the zip line. Yeah, zip line. The swing set I almost died on. (laughs) 
It was like a swing, like a hammock swing. Yeah, and like one one kid he um we're we're playing with them. Yeah, and um he pushed me. Um, you and went straight up and down. Yeah, I went straight up and down. <laughs> and one girl was her name Aubrey. I think her name was Aubrey, and and she was like. She said, like, you can't push her that high. And <laughs> Yeah, there was a bunch of kids over there, and they were all taking turns seeing how high they could push each other. Yeah. So then they took that down, and then when we were getting ready to leave, they were actually putting up an ice rink, which hopefully, if you're going to the beet harvest, none of you get to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to be there if there's a ice rink. fully functional ice <laughs> I, rink. I wanted to do it, but Mom yeah. said we couldn't. But we're, we weren't going to stay there yeah. until that's done. <laughs> I mean, they probably still don't have it running. We could go to Phoenix, Arizona and go to an ice rink. Yeah. Um, but we were allowed to get packages yep. for free. No problem there. So that was nice. We got packages the whole time. There were some trails around there. There's yep. a really nice park that has like a workout area and oh, like yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Well, there's a, a huge playground the girls like to play on. Mm-hmm. There was um, like basketball courts, tennis courts. There's a pool. Obviously, you're not there during that season, but there's a big pool there. Dog um, park area. There's a pavilion. They had two dog parks there for Huge like small dog parks. Yes. Small dogs and big dogs. Yep. But we use the small dogs even though we have a small dog and a big dog. Yeah, every time we went with the dogs, there was maybe only a couple times somebody showed up with dogs. Mm hmm. And then every, so they, they'll put you in a nice park, I'm sure, everywhere. Yeah. I know another one had, um, I don't know what the park was or where the park was at, but they brought in like a trailer of washer and dryers, which I yeah. thought was cool. That would have been nice if they would have done that at ours, because then I could have done it. I think it has laundry, but there's it only ha- like one, there's right? There's one washer, one dryer. Yeah. And I feel like there was always somebody there doing it. Like I always saw a car parked there, a different car. Yeah, the campground's big. I expected there to be more people there, I guess, but... There was a lot of people there. There were quite a few. Eventually, it's filled in. There were huge fields there that the girls were able to run. Three. um, So we took the dogs to the dog park, but we also have a, what is it, 30-foot leash that we put Freya on and allow her to, like, run because she has lots of energy. Endless energy. Endless. Like, it's a bottomless pit of energy. (laughs) And so we'd put her on that and let her run around as well. And now I don't get tired out as fast. <laughs> and they got, they, like, the, there's fire pits at, I think, every site. Yeah, and even there were at a the couple cabins. people there that had a fire every night, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Lexi and I ran the dogs in that field almost every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, four times a day. So, nice campground. Highly recommend it, even if you're in that area and you're not for the beet harvest, it's a good spot. You're yeah, 20 minutes from Canada, 30 minutes from Canada. I think, yeah, I think it's about 40 miles to Canada. Um, but there's other, like, state parks that are really cool. I heard that Icelandic State Park is really neat, if you want to go check that out. Mm-hmm. There's a missile silo you can do a tour yes. of. Yeah. So that, that there's some cool stuff to do in that area. I think that's a wrap for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So what do you girls think? Should Dad go back next year? Yeah, yeah. But he's going to work night shift. Yeah, that means you can sleep in your bed. Oh, <laughs> the girls are happy about <laughs> They're it. They're like, yeah, get out of here. But you do know what happens then, right? When dad comes home, we have to be quiet. Yeah, yeah I'd be coming <laughs> home like 8, 830 in the morning when you guys would be getting up. And we can't go ask him for like advice on how to cook something, <laughs> even though he's sitting right there. <laughs> Yeah, can he choose or does he have to do it? No, it's a it's a something that you 
pretty much agree to. It's a schedule they rotate every other year. And maybe you should go um, the next year after this. <laughs> we'll skip nights and go back during days? Yep. Perfect. Just Good let idea. them know when Ruth Ann calls you or whoever calls you. Just be like, um, we're going to skip this time because I have to work third shift and we'll be back the next time. Yeah. <laughs> so my seven-year-old gave me a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> but you should it, you tell know, her that anyway. See what she says. Yeah, maybe she'll be like, oh, that's cute. You can work day if you want. Yeah. <laughs> The only bad thing about that is then you get off sync with your crew, you know, yeah. if, those, if everybody comes back. Yeah. Um, then you got to work with all new weirdos. <laughs> but anyways, we highly recommend it. It's it's cool. If you are a work camper or if you're looking for some extra cash, it's one month. Yep. Um, in a cold time, it's pretty much cold everywhere. Like, yeah. there's really nothing to do in October except for maybe, like, the Balloon Festival. Yeah. <laughs> the That's what I was telling. Balloon uh, Festival. One of the agriculturists, Dan, I was talking to him after the harvest was over. And that's why I said, he said, you're going to come back? And I was like, you know, I would love to. As long as I can talk my wife out of going to this balloon festival in Albuquerque. <laughs> and he's like, there's balloon festivals everywhere. You can go a different month somewhere else. <laughs> and that is true. It's one month. Um, I highly recommend it coming from my point of view. The girls liked it. I mean, it was fine. What? Yeah, I loved it. I loved the beet harvest. Yeah. yeah. That's what this whole podcast is about, honey, the beet harvest. <laughs> and, I mean, you didn't have any issues? You would come back? I would come back. He, he would come back and... As a matter of fact, we're trying to make plans to see what our schedule will be next year to be in that area next fall. And then we'll have a real honest opinion of yeah. <laughs> the harvest is day yeah, shift well, and night shift. I don't know about a night shift, but... Because you the, got really lucky this time. You yeah. got the skidster, you got the night shift, or a day shift, you got good weather, you got enough stay pay to make it more money, mm-hmm. you got like, so you got a lot of good things. We'll see what happens. You got yeah. a heater yeah, and a heated seat. Yeah, Knowing that I'll be night shift next year that's there's kind of an advantage to knowing ahead of time where I can start planning for it, you know, because this year I didn't know until kind of the last minute what shift I was going to be on. I didn't have any time to switch over. And if you didn't do my idea, maybe you could practice, stay up all night, sleep yep. all day. That's we, what I'd have we, to do. <laughs> we can be practice being quiet. I know one of my <laughs> one of the guys I made friends with, Jim, he did say, um, you know, the first few days he would only get four or five hours of sleep during the day. And his body would just wouldn't let him do it anymore. And then maybe he might get in a nap before work. Towards the end, was he sleeping? I think it was better, uh-huh. but I I don't know. I don't think he was a huge fan of night shift. But if he comes back next year, he'll be day. He'll be day shift. So <laughs> there's, I mean, there's people who've done it for years and years and years. So it it can't be that bad. True. I think we can do it just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. And if you're interested in doing it, and you found any of our podcast helpful, or if you have any questions, you can reach out to us. Yeah. We can answer those questions. And There's if, probably something that we forgot to mention here or I forgot to mention or in my notes or whatever. And so. if you plan on doing it, you can actually use us as a referral. Yeah. And they give us 100 bucks for a referral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any any extra Only bucks. if Tony comes back, though. So. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I already have some Jeep parts purchased. Oh, yeah. And I already have yeah, some he Jeep has- parts on order. He has so, a sweet baby winch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fulfilling my destiny of deep parts. And I already did tell him that that was a one-time only agreement <laughs> that if we do come back, uh, the money goes into the pot, not just in Jeep. 
Don't forget, if you need any of the show notes for this episode, you can find them at thefailas.com slash 51. Yep, 51. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on all the channels at The Fayolas. You can sign up for our email where we're going to send you just one a month with everything that we publish for that whole month at thefailas.com slash email. I think that's it. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So we talked about in the uh, episode, what episode was that? <laughs> we can't act grumpy on there. Here. We'll everybody get their drinks out of the way. <laughs> okay. So if you're listening to this podcast to find out if you should, Freya. Freya. We got a free concert at the pavilion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did we ever talk about that? No. I don't understand your notes, so <laughs> I can't help you here. Um. <laughs> Lexi has to do a seven-year-old. Just do it real quick. And a seven-year-old. <laughs> Or how about and a seven-year-old? How, how does it go? Hit it. Yeah, hit it. Which one hit is it? it? Digging. Digging. I think. Hit it. From a seven-year-old. No, from a seven-year-old. From a seven-year-old. <laughs> you don't like this. Okay. From a seven-year-old. All right, let's do this podcast. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I can't hear myself. <laughs> Welcome to episode. No, you're gonna have to say that again. Why? Okay, everybody quiet. Everybody quiet. All right, are we done? Yeah, I guess. I'm done. Right. I'm done. I'm done. Bye. Bye. <laughs>